All right, as you're being seated, will you find your Bible and either open it up or turn it on? We're going to be in John chapter 20, and then we're going to go over to Acts chapter 2 today. Uh, I think it's okay for there to be joy in the house of the Lord, right? So when you come to church, it's okay if you uh, sing loudly, if you want to clap your hands, if you want to enjoy, you should never come to church and look around to see if someone has died because our Savior is alive. And that's fundamental to uh, Christianity is that the Savior is alive. Uh, So I'm a nature lover. I enjoy uh, being outside. If I don't get outside and I don't get to spend time in nature, uh, I get a little cranky. And so I like to plant trees. I like to be outside. Anybody else a nature and lover in the house? So, yeah, several, yeah. Well, about 15 years ago, uh, I was planting a tree in the backyard. And uh, so I had a pickup truck at the time, and I had the tree in the back of the truck, you know. And uh, so I was taking the tree out of the truck. And and anyway, so I take the tree out of the truck, and I put it down on the ground. And as I put it down on the ground, I have this absolutely horrendous pain, the most pain I have ever felt in my life in the back of my leg. So I, like, bent too far, and, and I popped a hamstring. I mean, like, the whole back of my leg turned purple kind of pain. In fact, I almost went to the doctor almost went, went, went to the doctor. Uh, yeah, that was bad. I came in just whimpering, and Stacy thought I'd been shot or something like that. Uh, but did you know an ancient battle, it was common to try to hamstring your enemy? You say, well, what, what does that mean? Well, they would try to cut the tendon or the muscle in order to cripple the enemy, because if they could do that, they knew then that they the, the enemy was incapacitated. So you may not ever have heard this word, but there is a, a word called to be hamstrung. And whenever you are hamstrung, it means that you are severely crippled in such a way that it affects the efficiency or the effectiveness of. Let me give you an example. The Dallas Mavericks. Too soon? Are severely hamstrung if Luca doesn't play well. Okay, so, you, so you, you understand where we're going here? Okay, so I know it's a graphic metaphor, but I am convinced that a lot of churches and a lot of individuals are hamstrung in their spiritual life. Your ability to grow and to thrive in your inner being has been severely limited. You say, why lash? I mean, I'm here today. I read my Bible several times a week. Uh, I volunteer. I give at murphychurch.com slash give. I do all this. Uh, I'm volunteering for VBS, murphychurch.com slash VBS. I'm doing all this. I'm doing all the right things. Why would I be limited in my ability to grow as a Christian? Here's why. You can do all the right things But without the power of the Holy Spirit, you will not grow spiritually. For us to grow spiritually, we need the power of God flowing through us. We have to learn to tune in, to walk in, and to live in the Spirit of God. Now, I'm in this series that we've been calling 
40 days. What we're looking at in the series are some of the passages between the resurrection of Jesus Christ that occurred during the 40 years, the 40, 40, 40 days after his resurrection. We're going to end the series next week on Pentecost Sunday, looking at the story of Pentecost. There you go. But today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And you'll see in John chapter 20 and verse 21 that Jesus appears to his disciples and he says these words to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And so I want you to notice here in this passage four things about following the Holy Spirit in your life. Number one, it brings peace to you. A lot of us long for peace. We long for calm. We long for just that joy that surpasses the circumstances. And you'll see here in Jesus' conversation with the disciples that he brought peace to them as he brought the Holy Spirit to them. That whenever we are tuning in to the Spirit of God within us, it brings into us a peace that only God can bring. Number two, the Holy Spirit is always going to lead you beyond yourself. So you notice this in Jesus' commissions. Every time he begins to commission his disciples, in Matthew 28, go and make other disciples to the ends of the earth. Here, I am sending you out. In Acts, uh, you are to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the other most part. Every time that Jesus is sending people out, you also see that he is sending the Holy Spirit in. And so as the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, it sends our lives out beyond the boundaries of us. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit connects your life to a greater power, the power of God. It is through the Holy Spirit that we see this transfer of power from the heavenly realm to the earthly realm as God uses the Holy Spirit to instill within you a power from above and then fourth, the Spirit restores the brokenness of your past. In the Spirit, there's healing. In the Spirit, there is new beginnings. And you discover that whenever you come alive spiritually. So let me ask you this question. In this 2022 world, where is God sending you that takes you beyond yourself to live in faith? Beyond your ability Everybody's checking their police scanners now, aren't they? Yeah, where's my son? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's supposed to be in children's church, but uh, beyond your ability, beyond your understanding, where is he shaking your comfort zones? Where's God calling you to take that step of faith? Anytime God calls you to faith, it can be scary. Because faith always requires us to take a step into the unknown in our circumstances. Yet at the same time, whenever we take a step into the Lord, into the Spirit, even though He might be calling us into a land that is unknown, He's calling us into a security that is eternal. And so maybe you 
maybe as you take steps of faith, you feel all alone. Maybe uh, they call you crazy. Maybe they criticize you or even leave you. But I want you to know something today. In Christ, you are never alone. God has given us a gift that he calls the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And even as the Holy Spirit takes you beyond your bounds, you can go forward knowing that nothing is beyond his bounds. So Jesus sends his followers out into the world, but he also empowers us with the gift of the Holy Spirit. So go with me now to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So we see in John 22 that he breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, we arrive at the day of Pentecost. This is 50 days after the uh, resurrection. They're all together in one place. And verse 2 says, Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And they saw tongues of flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. And then they were all filled with the... And began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I want you to notice in Acts chapter 2, the tongues that they spoke in were not unknown languages. The miracle of Acts chapter 2 was that there were people from all over the world who had gathered in Jerusalem. The apostles spoke the message of the gospel, and everybody heard it in their own language. It was, if you are a Bible scholar, a reversal of the Tower of Babel. Instead of the languages being confused, the languages were brought into unison. The gospel message was proclaimed to the ends of the earth. And you see in the narrative that is Scripture that after the day of Pentecost, the focus of the ministry of the church continued to move out and out and out into the Gentile worlds, across the oceans, and even into where we are right now. Because there was an outward moment movement. So in the time that we have left today, I want to talk to you about the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. One of the things I've noticed as a father is that whenever my little ones are developing their theology and they're developing their understanding of God, they seem to get God the Father, and they seem to get Jesus, but they struggle to get their minds around the Holy Spirit. So I, I remember uh, with the girls specifically, we would do Bible time, and I would say, so God, and they'd say, and Jesus, so God and Jesus want you to, and they, I would say, and the Holy Spirit, and they go, that too. You know, it was always like kind of the, the extra, it's like they have a hard time getting their mind around the Holy Spirit. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, for some Christians, they go to real extremes. It's like all they ever do is talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like, well, the Holy Spirit said this, the Holy Spirit said this, the Holy Spirit said this. You're like, well, what does the Bible say? I, I understand that, you, you know, the Spirit's saying. So, well, what does the Bible say? Or you've seen extreme situations where uh, maybe Christians are handling snakes in the Holy Spirit or something. I'm not going to do that, by the way, okay? You know, so, so you see that... Um, you know, uh, and, and we're a Baptist church, and so some Christians actually go to the other extreme where they're like, well, I don't want to be labeled as a holy roller or one of these guys that handles snakes or has a tambourine running around the stage or anything like that. So we go to the other extreme where it's like we never talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like he's a junior executive in the, in the Trinity or something like that. 
We don't ever give Him any attention. And I think we need to realize that the Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus. Just as much God as God the Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are three in one, eternally three in one. You cannot separate them. You will never separate them. God is always presented to us as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. Don't fall into modalism where you start thinking, well, he's the Father, and then he's the Son, and then he's the Spirit, and then he goes back to being the Father. No, all together at the same time, eternally. But now let me ask you this question. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or as a church, what is it that we believe about the Holy Spirit? Well, let's look at the Baptist faith and message on the Holy Spirit. You ever wondered what your church believes on the Holy Spirit? Well, here's our confession of faith, the Baptist faith and message. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine. He inspired holy men of old to write the scriptures. Through illumination, he enables men to understand the truth. He exalts Christ. He convicts men of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He calls men to the Savior and affects regeneration. At the moment of regeneration, he baptizes every believer into the body of Christ. He cultivates Christian character, comforts believers, and bestows the spiritual gifts by which they serve God through his church. He seals the believer unto the final redemption. His presence in the Christian is the guarantee that God will bring the believer into the fullness of the stature of Christ, and he enlightens and empowers the believer and the church in worship evangelism and service how many of you have that memorized you got that all figured out that is that is our doctrinal statement as a church when it comes to the Holy Spirit know this the Holy Spirit is intent on fulfilling Jesus mission and bringing glory to God and so I want to talk to you about five realities of what we believe about the Holy Spirit this is a what we call a doctrinal statement it's a what we be, our doctrinal sermon, what we believe type sermon. Number one, we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired the Scriptures. He inspired holy men of old to write the Scriptures. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, for us, the Bible is more than just a textbook, okay? There's a lot of good books out there. It's more than just a book that you're going to find at Mardell's, maybe a Christian book written by an author of some sort. We believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so he worked in the minds of the writers. So he allowed the writers to use their own vocabulary and their own context. It wasn't like he just took their hands and, and moved their hands to write. He allowed them to use their own language, and you'll see the different writers have different personalities and different perspectives. Jerry and I were talking about that right before church, weren't we, Jerry? Uh, he used the writers in this way to ensure that the Bible can be seen as authoritative, sufficient, reliable, and truthful. And so whenever we open the Bible, we're not just opening the textbook, we're opening what we believe to be the Word of God. And in matters of question, it's not about, well, what do you think? Well, I think this. Well, I think this. Well, I saw this on Google. Well, I saw this on Yahoo. It's not that. 
It's, well, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So in matters of faith and practice, we go to the Bible. And it's our sole rule for faith and practice as a church because we believe that the Spirit inspired the Scriptures. Amen? Here's a second one. The Holy Spirit illuminates the Scriptures for the believer. You say, well, what, is, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, let me read a passage of Scripture to you that I think explains it. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. So that's the person that does not have the illumination of the Holy Spirit in his or her life. They may hear truth, but they're going to reject truth. You know people like this. They might even be able to quote Scripture. They got the awards in Awanas, but they don't actually open their heart to receive it. Why? Because there is a spiritual aspect to the one who is able to hear the truth from God's Spirit. That's called illumination. And that allows us to understand things in a spiritual way. I have a friend, Jeffrey Bingham. He, he uh, teaches over at Southwestern Seminary and was for a while the interim president there at the seminary. And he tells the story of when he came to the Lord. He had had a sister who was witnessing to him over and over again. And he was rejecting it. It was foolishness to him. He, he didn't receive it. He kept pushing away from the story of the gospel. And then one night he was in a hotel room, picked up one of the Gideon Bibles that's there in the hotel, began reading it. And he said, it was like my heart just opened. And all this truth just began pouring in. What is that? That's the illumination of the Holy Spirit that opens the heart and suddenly the truth of God that maybe you even once thought was foolishness becomes the truth of God to you. Thirdly, we believe that the Holy Spirit brings new life in Christ. Now this is huge. Our, our doctrinal statement here talks about how the Holy Spirit baptizes you spiritually into Christ so that you are now seen in Christ. This is huge because you need to understand this, that as Christians, we have a responsibility to be witnesses. Remember in Acts 1, you are to be my witnesses. We have a responsibility to share the gospel story, to share your experience. But do you realize this? You cannot save anybody. Only Christ can do that. You can be a witness. You also cannot force someone to open their heart to God. Believe me, I've tried. You can't just argue them into the kingdom of God. You can't just think them into the kingdom of God. There has to be the power of the Holy Spirit that does the work to open the heart. Our job is to tell people about Christ. And as a pastor, as a Christian, you need to be able to do that as clearly as you can. It's good to study apologetics. It's good to uh, fine-tune your witness and to uh, discover how you can be a greater witness for Christ. 
but realize the Holy Spirit ultimately has to convict the heart and do what only God can do. And there's times maybe where you've shared the gospel, you've tried to uh, reach out to somebody and they keep pushing away and pushing away and you're like, well, how do I pray in that situation? Just pray that the Spirit might open the heart. Understanding this really helped me because I think this is one of the primary reasons why we don't tell people about the faith. We're afraid. We're afraid that they'll reject us, or we're afraid that they'll ask us a question that maybe we don't have an answer for. And so we're fearful to really share the faith with other people. And when you begin to realize that your calling is to share your witness, and the Holy Spirit has to open the heart so that the person is ready to receive the truth, it kind of takes you from that position of fear to that position of faith because you become a conduit of what God is doing in their life. And you never really know in that course of someone coming to faith where you are. Are you the first person that talked to them about it? Are you the tenth person? Was God working in this person's life in this year and then here and here and here? Where are you in that continuum of their story? 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4 and verse 4 says, In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So here Paul is saying that whenever the light has shined into the darkness, it is a work of God in the heart that has brought about this moment of regeneration when new life takes place in the heart of a believer. Fourth. The Holy Spirit matures you in Christ. Everybody still awake? Okay. If you've fallen asleep, this is a good time to wake up. Pretend like you're awake. Okay. Okay. We're going to pass out snacks. I'm kidding. We, we won't do that today. That's whenever you know it's a long sermon. When they pass out snacks halfway through the flight, that's a long sermon right there. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, number four, matures you in Christ. Did you know that God loves you too much to just leave you alone? God, why don't you just leave me alone? Quit bugging me about faith. Every time I go to that Murphy church, the pastor talks about faith, 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 faith. I need to trust God. Just leave me alone, God. I'm good the way that I am. God loves you too much to leave you alone. He wants to grow you. He wants to mature you. I like this image. The God of the universe puts on his tool belt and goes to work in your heart, goes to work in your life. And that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads you away from sin, convicts your heart. The Holy Spirit says, no, you don't need to go there. But God, nobody's looking. No, you don't need to go there. But God, I... I don't see a, a chapter and verse on it. I think I'm going to try. No, you don't need to go. The Holy Spirit leads you to the truths of God. The Holy Spirit opens our blind eyes, enlivens our heart, 
so that we hunger and thirst after those things that are righteous. The Holy Spirit wants you to live a life that is pure and holy before the Lord. The Holy Spirit blesses you with spiritual gifts. And God doesn't give us a spiritual gift to say, hey, look at me, I'm a teacher. Hey, look at me, Uh, I'm an organizer. Hey, look at me, I'm an exhorter. Hey, look at me, I'm a prophet. I tell you everywhere you've done wrong. Hey, the Holy Spirit doesn't give you a gift for everybody to look at you. The Holy Spirit gives you a gift to build up the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit calls you out of bounds. He calls you to go beyond your comfort zones and beyond your boundaries. To cross boundaries so that the gospel may be heard by every person on earth. Fifth. The Holy Spirit seals you in Christ for all eternity. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. In Him you are also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. I love this verse. In him, spiritually, when you believe in Christ, you have been placed in him. And then look at what it says. You have then been sealed in him. The seal will not be broken because you have been sealed in him by the promised Holy Spirit. What this means is that when you believe in Christ, you are in Christ for all eternity, and the seal that binds you, the seal that protects you, is not your good behavior, it's not your good intentions, the seal that protects you is the Holy Spirit of God. You see, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you responded to that, and you believed in Christ, and now God sees you in Christ so that he no longer sees me as Lashbank sinner, but he sees me as Lashbank's son. I am his for all eternity, sealed in Christ, righteous though I am unrighteous, innocent though I am guilty, with Christ for all eternity. My salvation is as secure as Jesus is powerful. My salvation has been secured through the blood of Christ. It has been demonstrated through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we think about the ascension that we looked at uh, last week, we know that our salvation will be fully realized through the second coming of Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, as we await what is called the redemption of the possession in verse 14, God has given us the Holy Spirit who indwells within us to demonstrate the fact that you are secure in him and you belong to him. And it shows us that we have a hope that will be fully realized whenever we see Christ face to face and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Let's give the Lord a hand on that. This can transform your life, my friend. 
when you realize that God's love for you is not like the apple. Well, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. When you begin to realize that you are sealed in Christ by the Spirit and that the Holy Spirit in your life is evidence of that, then as you walk in the Spirit, as you take that next step of faith, as you trust God, you begin seeing the riches of his kingdom today. You begin seeing that the kingdom of God can take place all around us. And the power of God begins to transfer from the heavenly realm into your life. That's how God transforms the heart of stone through the power of the Holy Spirit. One final story and I'll be through today. Have I ever told you how our Vietnamese ministry began at Murphy Church? Ever told you that story? Some of you all have heard it before. So we, uh, we started doing Vietnamese ministry, I think, about a decade ago. Uh, there's times where it's been larger and times where it's been smaller. We still have a Vietnamese ministry with Dan Ha, Mihan Ha, who uh, work with some of the Vietnamese population in Garland. So here's how it started. There was this guy that came to our church named Brent Sorrels, and he was a missionary uh, that had been brought up here by one of our mission partners. And he was supposed to work with the Vietnamese people in all of Dallas-Fort Worth. So he says, hey, Lash, can I have lunch with you? I'm like, well, I eat, so sure, let's have lunch, you know. And so we have lunch, and we talk, and he shares with me the ministry that he, he has and the passion that he has for uh, this part of our community. I'm like, well, uh, this is something that I want to pray with you about. You know, our area of Murphy has a large population of people from that part of the world, and so this is something that we need to pray about, and this is something that we need to think about. And so right out here in the parking lot, he and I prayed after lunch, and we asked God to give us clarity and show us where it was that he was at work. So then Brent gets out of my car, and he goes to his car, and I, I drive off, he drives off, and we continue our day. About an hour later, I get a phone call from Paul, and, and he tells me this story of after we left, there was a Vietnamese young man from the neighborhood who came out of a Buddhist, back, Buddhist background who comes up to the door of the church, and he knocks, I rings the doorbell, knocks on the door, and uh, says, I need to talk to someone. And so... That afternoon, uh, our, our staff led him to faith in Jesus Christ. That afternoon. And uh, he was a local, a local person living in the area from Vietnam who, who, who was Buddhist. So they call me and say, hey, this just happened. So I'm thinking to myself, well, self. Yeah, yeah. It's better than referring to yourself as Lash Banks. That sounds arrogant, you know, so you just call yourself self. Yeah. So self. Maybe this is my sign. Maybe, just maybe, because I've been in ministry now for 32 years working on church staffs. You know how many times a young Vietnamese boy from the neighborhood has come ringing the doorbell, crying, asking to know about Christ? Once! And it happened right after we prayed about the Lord's direction. So I'm thinking... That might be the Holy Spirit. That might be the Holy Spirit. God is at work all around you. Sometimes we get so busy we don't take time to listen. 
Read your Bible. Be a part of your life group. Volunteer. MurphyChurch.com slash VBS. Give. Do all these things that you need to do. But don't forget to listen to the Holy Spirit. And those strongholds that you've built in your heart, those areas of your life that maybe are broken or hardened, turn them over to the Spirit of God because He hears your groanings and He can take the heart of stone and make it into a heart of flesh. He can make your heart soft and He can empower you from on high. Would you be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please? Let me ask you this question, and you may not know the answer, and that's okay. How's the Holy Spirit working in your life right now? Are you tuned in to the Spirit? Are you taking time to listen? I believe that God's Spirit is at work all around us. And he invites us to join him in his work. Let's pray together. If there's anything I can pray with you about, I'll be here at the front. If the Holy Spirit is leading you today to take that step of salvation, come see me. Let's talk about what it means to be a believer. Heavenly Father, we sit in this room in a world where there are so many inputs and so many opinions that it's difficult to sort through. And I pray that you might help us to be able to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit of God that is within us. And to realize that as we hear from the Spirit and live in the Spirit, that there is a security that seals us in Christ. There is a hope that causes us to be able to take those next steps. And there is a purpose that defines the opportunities around us and shows us where the next steps should be. Lord, we know that your Spirit will never leave us down a path that is contradictory to the word that your Holy Spirit has breathed. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to the truths you have revealed, and to the spirit that you have indwelled. And Lord, may we know what it's like to be filled by the Holy Spirit of God and to live in that power. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we worship.